share a few different anecdotes of you. Yeah, it's going to be so exciting to be on the ground floor of something brand new developing. It's yeah. not like you jump in and they've had you know three headmasters ahead of you. Right. This is uh, all very new. Let me take a couple steps back just sure. for the, the sake of people listening saying, uh, what is Chesterton Academy? Yeah. I kind of jumped right into it like everybody knows exactly what we're talking about. Right. Let's go back. Uh, maybe probably a couple of years and talk about how this all came about. This isn't something brand new as far as the Cheshire Academy. They're in various locations around the country, but give us, uh, uh, give our listeners an idea of what, what exactly this is and how it started in Fort Worth. Sure. Yeah. So the the Chesterton uh, Academy come they, they it comes out of Minnesota, where the first one was founded in 2008 by none other than Dale Alquist, who's mm. a household name when you speak about G.K. Chesterton, right? Yeah. Um, and they started very small. They just they were looking for a place to put their kids. Like, where are we going to send our kids? We want the kids to retain the faith, but also be at the forefront, right, at the avant-garde of of human formation as well. And they didn't feel like any place existed around them in Minnesota, and so they started the school. And it was so good that within a few years, other parents were coming and saying, hey, can we have one of those? So the intention was never necessarily to expand. Correct. It might have been just one one academy. Correct. Okay. They were trying to solve their own problem, yeah. right? Um, necessity is the is the mother of, of invention, right? Yes. That's what, and that's what happened. And then after about five years, they thought, gosh, we, we better set up a plan to be able to share this because we keep getting more and more requests to have one mm. in other places. Well, so they, they through the Chesterton Network, the Chesterton Society, rather, they... Uh, set up a kind of a template of how this could be uh, kind of cookie cutted into uh, different different locations, and now uh, X amount of years later, here we are in 2023. They are at almost at 70 Chesterton academies, seven zero, seven zero. Wow, yeah, wow. and not just in the U.S., but even all the way in Iraq. Is that right? <laughs> There's wow. one in Iraq. Yes. My goodness, and a few other places. And uh, you know, I, I think probably most of our listeners are familiar with G.K. Chesterton, the man. Mm-hmm. What is the connection between him and the Academy? Obviously, the namesake, but, yes. uh, you know, he was known to be a great creative writer and uh, po- poet and all that. So how does his stamp appear on what, you know, let's just talk about what's happening at your school. Yeah. Uh, how, what's the, you know, <laughs> the spirit of G.K. Chesterton, I guess you sure, could say. Sure, sure. So Chesterton, he was was one who, who always wanted to kind of combat this urgency that the world seems to have to throw out the old, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and he talks about many things frequently that have to do with, Actually, this thing that you're throwing out and this thing that you're looking for is the same thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, democracy t- of the dead, he used to talk yeah, about. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Tra- how tr- tradition is the democracy of the dead, right? Um, he has this great quote about the, the force of tradition is so strong that, that the younger generations will dream of that which they never had, mm. right? And when you talk about classical education, you are more looking backwards than you are looking forward. Right. And he has this great story, which I've actually shared, I think, on the radio with you before, David, but I'll share it again for those who haven't heard it. On the first page of his probably most famous book, Orthodoxy, he talks about this man who who set sail from England, right, on an adventure looking for some undiscovered land. And he gets lost along the way. And he arrives at a, a piece of land that immediately does not look familiar to him. But as soon as he starts to explore it, he feels very at home in it. 
and it's, he's at once enchanted by its beauty, but also baffled by its familiarity. Mm. And what he doesn't realize is that he got lost and turned back around and re- rediscovered <laughs> England. Right, right. Uh, right? With, a, with a greater sense of appreciation. Exactly, right. And yeah. of course, Chesterton is, is uh, famed for saying, you know, the only reason to travel is to come home again. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, uh, also, yeah, so when you travel, the world actually gets smaller and not bigger, right? right. Uh, yeah, right. That, yeah, there's, and, you know, we could, we could do a whole interview on Chesterton because I'm a big fan as well. Yes, so um, you have seven students now. And yep. uh, by the way, I don't want to, you know, I, I texted one of your parents recently when, when we scheduled this interview and I said, by the way, how, how's it going for your kids over there? Sure. And I don't remember the exact comment he said on text, but basically he said, it, we love it. The kids love it. So uh, I do. I, I've done my a little bit of research on you know, at least one of the parents and the students. Um, so that, that, that's awesome. Um, you, uh, how... What is the designation of Chesterton? I know we've talked about this before. It's not a diocesan school like right. like Nolan is. It's yeah. not a charter school like Great Hearts or Founders. Right. It's it's certainly not homeschooling, but it's not hybrid. So, well, right. what's the classification? So, it's a high school. It's a, the 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 technical term, if you want it, is a private school in the Catholic tradition. Okay, right. Um, so, what that means is that it's a private school like any other. But what we hand on, what we try to hand on wholeheartedly and undividedly is obviously the Catholic faith. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we make that distinction because we're not a part of the diocese. We're not regulated by the diocese. Of course, we love the diocese. We, we, We live to serve Christ and his vicar in our location, which is Bishop Olson. Um, And so we're cooperating with his mission, of course, as much as we can to save souls. Yeah. That's our goal, right? Uh, we just don't do so officially um, under his rubber stamp. Let's mm-hmm. say. Yeah. Now, talk about the faculty. This is, uh, you know, a school is only as good as the the people that are interacting day in and day out with the kids. Yeah. How do you select your faculty, and who do you have? Yeah. So uh, first up, we have Stephen Barmore. Stephen Barmore was one of the the, the one of the gentlemen that I headhunted for the position. He teaches philosophy and literature. Stephen Baum was actually one of the co-founders of the school. Okay. It was he and the president of the board, Carlos Crespo, who had that idea over a beer a few years ago, right? <laughs> looking for the same thing that they were look, that Dale Alquist was looking for back in 2008. Where are we going to put our kids in school? Yeah. Right? They didn't uh, realize they were going to have to create a school. I mean, uh, I mean they, they were probably thinking about what are our options, and then right, right. all of a sudden, yeah, they, they, this, this came about. Well, they, they felt somewhat the dearth of options, uh, and they thought, well, why don't we just provide our own? And, and because Carlos was a member of the, so- the Society of G.K. Chesterton, he said, well, the Society have this network of schools that actually are pretty good. Uh, we should look into that. Uh, so Stephen is an amazing teacher. He's also the executive director of the school, and he is a master of his craft. I, I like to joke around and say nobody's better read than Stephen Barmore. Mm-hmm. Right? Of course, he'll, he denies it. But um, Former atheist. Former yeah, atheist. Came into the Catholic Church. So he's got great, an interesting background, doesn't he? Very interesting background, uh, very colorful background. And that, in a way, just like St. Augustine, kind of makes him very well poised mm-hmm. to really engage with difficult and gripping and ambivalent texts. Yeah. Right? So I, I often sit in his literature class. Uh, at the beginning of the semester, we had, the students were racing through the Iliad. They read the whole thing. They loved it. And the way that... He made it come alive. I mean, I remember studying the Iliad when I was at university, right? And I was, 
it was hard to get through. Yeah. It's hard to, you know, these Greek epics. And he just made it so accessible, right? With, with, a, with a common translation, not with, you know, a dumbed down version, not with skipping chapters. It was tough. He run the students through their paces, but the students loved him for it. They really enjoyed it. I, I still remember every, every class we opened up with the memorized first stanza, mm-hmm. right? And it was, and, and it was so, rage, gotta sing the rage, right? And all the students would uh, just uh, almost chant this, uh, mm-hmm. this stanza at the beginning of every class. And they got so into it and it was, you know, the gore of the war, but also the, the depth of the suffering and, and how the different gods are always trying to insert themselves into the lives of the students. And anyway, I, I digress, but he just made it incredibly interesting. And of course he paired that with, with his philosophy class where they were looking at the pre-Socratics uh, and how these things kind of run concurrently because that's one of the things that the Cheston curriculum does extremely well in fact, in a way that I haven't seen, the cross-curricular yeah. arrangement yeah. is on, is untouchable. Yeah, it's fantastic by design. By design. Yeah. By design. Um, then we also have uh, Jack Tripleton the third. He actually moved down from Minnesota to to teach for us. He teaches math and science. He is a graduate of Wyoming Catholic College, and mm-hmm. so he also, if someone's going to rival Stephen Barmore in being well-read, it's this guy, <laughs> Jack Tribbleton, right? Um, he is a jack of all trades. We love that his name is Jack because we get to say that frequently, <laughs> right? Um, he's a jack of all trades. He could teach anything. When, when we, he, his particular love is, is math and science, but if I had him teach literature, if I had him teach uh, theology, mm-hmm. even Latin, he, he'd jump yeah, to the occasion yeah. and he'd do it well. Right. Um, but then again, he's very good at math and science. He's a Euclid geek. Right. And I mean that in the best sense of the mm-hmm. word, uh, because that's what the students are kind of understanding that the students have come to know how mathematics can actually be a philosophy. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. How it can be philosophical. Well, a lot of philosophers started as mathematicians, exactly. uh, Rene Descartes. Yeah. Right. And he's just fantastic at imparting that kind of axiomatic thinking, yeah. which is so important for life in every field, mm-hmm. right? And why is this this way? And if this is that way, it has to be also this way. And as soon as you can, you can see those light bulbs going off in math. We had one of the parents actually join us for one of the math classes. And she said to me, when I asked her, I said, what, what did you think? She said, I didn't know math could be fun. <laughs> I didn't know it could be so illuminating. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and in the, with, when the, in the science class, Jack's uh, going through astronomy now, which is what the curriculum has. And so we've got telescopes, we're looking at the stars, we're seeing mm. how they move. We're just discovering really the beauty of God's creation. That's yeah. what it is. It's, te- it's teaching us to look up, literally right, and figuratively, right. Right? right? And then the last guy, who is by no means the least, uh, Eric Schuler, history and art. He is uh, a very deep person. And then you, I know you find that usually with the art type mm-hmm. people right? Young guy and the students, I think adore him. Mm-hmm. We really do. Uh, and the faculty, we all love him too. Very, very uh, refined in, in many ways, not just in art. Um, but very, he's the kind of guy where you think you're speaking to him about something that is not his field. And all of a sudden he'll give you a response as if he wrote a dissertation on it. <laughs> and you think, wow. And that is mm-hmm. very well thought out, very deep, thinks before he speaks, very prudent man, I think. Um, and then we do have a part-time faculty member. His name is uh, Arash Nui. And Arash is 
a world-famous lutenist. He plays the lute. He's a specialist in medieval music, which poises him very, very well to teach the, the music curriculum at Cheston Academy because mm. it's very uh, medieval. It starts with Gregorian chant. It goes through the Renaissance. We're looking at uh, people coming up like uh, St. Hildegard, right, uh, who's often touted by all the hippies, but actually she's... Uh, more in line with the Catholic Church than, mm-hmm. than she is with him. One of our more recent doctors of the church, right? Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, and Arash is, has done an amazing job. He's already, he's already got two performances with, with the students under his belt publicly. We had the, the Mass of the Holy Spirit at the beginning of, of the year, which we had at the end of September for the invocation of the Holy Spirit's aid for the, for the, uh, for the school year. And just this past Friday, uh, well, when this airs, it'll be two Fridays ago, he had the students sing at St. Thomas Beckett Catholic Church oh, okay. uh, down in South Fort Worth for the Advent concert. And what he had them do was Christmas in medieval England. Mm. So it was a wonderful, wonderful set piece. The, 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 the praise was just coming in from all directions. Uh, I myself was so, so proud. And I remember being there the first day when they started practicing. It did yeah. not sound good. <laughs> it and got good. It yeah. got really good. Yeah. And it got good quickly because he's amazing and the children are really hard mm. workers. Yeah, Those that's a good recruiting tool as well. When people see beauty yes. from the students at something like that, they'll say, Something, something good is going on over there at Chesterton Academy. Definitely. My guest is Jeremy Duo, headmaster of Chesterton Academy of Fort Worth. They're located at 1000 Bonnie Bray Avenue in Fort Worth. Uh, their website, ChestertonAcademyFW.org. ChestertonAcademyFW.org. And they just opened the doors to students in the fall of 2023. They're about to enter into their second uh, semester, first full year under your belt here in a few yeah. months. Uh, it's got to be exciting. So I guess to use an analogy, you guys have gotten out of park and you're in for, you know, you're, you're well into first gear and, you know, what's next? You know, as you look at these other 69 Chesterton academies mm-hmm. around the, the country and the world, you must have some kind of projection of where yeah. you think you'll be five or 10 years from now. Yeah. What's, what, what do you see as a future? Yeah. So we're right on par with, with uh, most other Cheston academies, they all start small. They all start with just ninth grade, just like we have. Uh, and they add a grade each year, right? It's very common. Um, so the, the, the network itself limits the student body to 200 students. So it's some, actually, some individual academies limit it even lower. Yeah, that's, that's total, even total. Tw- 20 years from now, you'd yeah. be, okay, 20. That, yeah. that, I mean, 200, that's it, yeah. 200, yeah, because they feel that you can't maintain that Catholic culture mm-hmm. um, adequately when you have more. Okay, right. And because the classes are Socratic in style, it's not really a lecture style thing. So all the students are kind of, you know, discussing and grappling with material themselves and really trying to see it from different angles. It's very easy if you have too many students for certain students to fall into the background. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and you don't really realize that they are. Mm-hmm. So right now with seven students, it's wonderful. We all sit at a round table. It's a bit like a homeschooling environment We're at the kitchen table type thing. Right. And everyone's in it and everyone's got their mind totally engaged. And if they would rather not have it, it's impossible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Because yeah. you're right. Especially there. with that size. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Can't, can't hide. Which, which makes it really, really good. Um, so the idea is that we'll add uh, another ninth grade as this one moves up to 10th next year. And we'll keep doing that uh, throughout the next four years until we have uh, freshmen through seniors. Uh, and we'll see where we end up capping it. It's just going to depend on how things go and, and the faculty and, and, and how we 
how we see what will be beneficial for the students that we have. Um, but that's how they've all gone typically. Uh, and they've all been extremely successful and they continue to be and, and can they continue to produce fruit, which is what we're interested in. We're not really interested in the numbers. Mm-hmm. It's not about the money. It's not about the numbers. It's about the fruit that these students will bring for the church, right? For the glory of God. That's what, that's what we're after. Um, we're excited about the statistics that come out from other academies about one in eight male students, for example, uh, go to seminary. Oh, really? That's oh, huge, wow. right? Uh, it's a similar statistic for, for, for ladies and, and vocations to religious life. We also have very strong families coming out of Chester Academy. So that's what we're really excited about. That's what we're really after. Um, we know that we look at the students that we have and, and they, and you know, if, if, if they're listening to this, uh, this, uh, broadcast on Saturday, then they, they know that I was going to say this. Um, we've got, we've got our eyes on them for, for certain vocations and we keep, you know, we look at them and we say, yeah, you know, and they look at us and say, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Um, we had, we had, uh, we had some nuns in recently to visit and, uh, the nuns told them very, uh, very sternly looked them in the eye and said, you consider celibacy first. You mm-hmm. give God the first choice. Yeah. And then you can consider marriage if that doesn't, if that doesn't pan mm-hmm. out for you. If God doesn't call you, then. Right. Yeah. If you ask God first. What does He want? And you don't hear that very often no. in our culture. And the students yeah. kind of—you they, could hear a pin drop when they said yeah. that. And they kind of looked at each other, and the nun tactfully allowed the silence to be awkward. And then they kind of, kind of, you know, they raised their eyebrows and they said, "Yeah, I guess that makes sense. God first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people shy away from private or Catholic education because of cost. My understanding is this is a very affordable option for somebody looking for a Catholic school. Can yes. you talk about uh, tuition? Yes. Yeah, so the, the counsel that the network gives every Chester Academy is to be considerably more affordable um, than other private schools around you, right? Uh, Dale Alquist, he, he often mentions the fact that uh, education can can be two of three things, right? It can be Catholic, it can be classical, and it can be affordable, mm-hmm. but it can't be all three unless you're Chesterton, <laughs> right? And so we try uh, to, to keep that tuition family friendly, right? Mm-hmm. So the tuition right now this year, for example, is at 7,900, okay. right? Which is lower than about 60% of the middle schools, mm. right? Let alone the high schools around us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, most of the high schools are, are at least 10,000, yeah. if, if not more than that. Um, I, I'm looking at my clock and seeing that we have just a few minutes remaining. I want to make sure that you uh, mention your Advent appeal because yes. I know none of this happens. It's not just tuition that's right. going to get you guys going at eight, you know, under, low eight, under 8,000 per student. Uh, so talk about that and how that's going and, and how people can help you. Yeah, so that's going well. And, and as you say, having a low tuition just increases that fundraising burden a little bit more. And uh, so we have a, a goal of 100,000 to see out the year strongly. Um, so if people are able to, to help us, big or small, uh, with more than just prayers, uh, then we would definitely appreciate that. If you go to our website, you can find more information about the Advent Appeal and you can uh, find a, a donate link there. Chesterton Academy, FW.org, Chesterton Academy, FW.org. If somebody's listening and they're just interested in the school for their students, it's basically either start in the spring as a ninth grader, uh, second semester, ninth grader, if you want to transfer from where you are, and then in the fall, ninth or tenth graders. Mm -hmm. 
And what's the first step they should do if they're interested in inquiring about that? Yes, so you could uh, send an email if you want to info at chesterdenacademyfw.org and you can schedule that way or you can just go to the website and schedule a tour, right? That would be the first thing that I, that I would recommend. Come and see us, come and talk to us, observe some classes if you want. Any day is good, right? Um, but we do have two open houses coming up. One is next week, Tuesday, December 12th. And the following week, Thursday, December 21st. So the 12th, okay. 21st, all day, right? So come in anytime. You can come in unannounced. It's not a problem. You can observe any class. If you want, you can email me and, and we'll send you the schedule so you can see which classes are being offered at which times in case you have a preference of what you want to observe, right? But that would be the best thing. See the school, see the students, meet the faculty, ask the questions, get your questions answered, Right. Uh, and that that will set you on the right path to to uh, angling yourself, aiming yourself at either January or next fall. Yeah. And uh, real quickly, when, when you do get to 200, whenever that is, uh, what, what kind of extracurriculars does a typical Chesterton Academy have? Sure. I'm guessing, is it football and soccer and sports or band or, yep. you know, chess club? Or what, what, what kind yep. of, what do you foresee? Well, I foresee... Um, most of the things that you've said, um, most Cheston Academies have most of those things, right? Sports is definitely a, a big portion of student life. Uh, and we don't have to wait till we have 200, right? Next mm-hmm. year already, once we have a few more than seven, we'll be able to do something a bit more formally. Already now, this year, every single day, the faculty and the students after lunch, we go outside, uh, Tony Milburn, if you're listening, I'm sorry, we're really tearing up the grass <laughs> because the two-hand touch football and the ultimate frisbee and uh, even the soccer sometimes it, it gets really intense. Sometimes I walk back into class and I'm dripping with sweat. No, yeah, right, it's a yeah. real, it's really intense. So, but but those things will be able to be more formalized. You are you doing it in your suit? Yeah, exactly. Oh, is that right? Yeah, my 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 black oxfords are getting torn up. I'm gonna have to get a new pair. So. <laughs> All right, uh, Jeremy, thank you so much. We're out of time, but I okay. uh, just want to direct everybody to the website ChestertonAcademyFW.org. ChestertonAcademyFW.org. And uh, my guest has been Jeremy Duo, headmaster, also a professor of theology and Latin. Check them out and also uh, perfectly consider whether you want to support them financially. They have an Advent appeal going on, uh, I presume, through Advent. Uh, That'd be a good time to do the Advent appeal. So uh, thank you so much. And also, of course, keep them in prayer as well. ChestertonAcademyFW.org. Thank you, Sissel. Thank you, listeners, for uh, being here for the program today. And I hope your Advent continues to be a blessing. God bless you. Hello, it's Todd Sluter, licensed professional counselor with Epiphany Counseling and sponsor of GRN. I've been blessed to work with many individuals, couples, teens, and families in our diocese, incorporating counseling principles with authentic Catholic values. God wants you to have a greater sense of joy and purpose. If you or someone you know are struggling to find purpose, stuck moving forward with goals in life, or a relationship is not working, you may need to seek a counselor to help regain hope and healing. You may get in touch with me at 469-556-8336. It's official. Project Joseph, the men's healing after abortion retreat, is now two times a year. If you can't wait until next August to get help, call now to secure your place this February. If you were involved in any way with an abortion, there's help for healing sooner than you think. Call 469-720-CARE or email healing at projectjosephdallas.org. Project Joseph, twice a year, twice the healing. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the KTH 910 AM Interview of the Week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Again, I want to thank you for 
the uh, support you gave us last week uh, during our Christmas Shareathon. It was uh, just wonderful to have so many of you call in from North Texas to make donations. So we're very grateful for your support. And here we are uh, in the second weekend of Advent. And I know Christmas is on everybody's mind because it's just right around the corner. Only a couple of weeks from uh, Monday uh, will be Christmas. And during this interview, I am going to talk uh, with my friend Masango Osong with Catholic Brain and uh, about uh, an event that he is putting on next Saturday, December 16th, and it's called Gift of Christmas Gala. And he has uh, Deacon Harold Brooks Sivers coming in for the keynote. Bishop Michael Beebe is speaking. I'm going to be the MC. Uh, Dave and Lauren Moore, music from them, and also uh, our friend Jocelyn D'Souza and Father Desmond Nadikum uh, from uh, St. Michael the Archangel Parish in McKinney is going to be there as well. And hopefully you will be. And, uh, and so uh, Masango is going to tell us about this event and how you can get tickets and why you should be there next Saturday. Masango, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Dave. Thanks for having me as usual. Yes. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. Thank you. I I remember when this first started, I, I think it was a couple of years ago when you had Dr. Scott Hahn and Chris Stefanik come in. And I remember going out to this event and it was, uh, I believe, at the Anatole in Dallas. And it just kind of blew me away. Raymond Arroyo was there. And uh, you've just put on these uh, amazing events. Uh, and this year is no exception. So how did this whole idea of having a Christmas event come together? Well, remember last year we had Father Mike Schmidt. Yeah. That was even much bigger. And, you know, the whole idea came about, I mean, I've been going to these other Christmas places. You know how you take your kids to see lights and try to have sit have one them have a good Christmas experience. And every place that you go, they take Christ out of the picture. Right. And they play pretty much secular music. There was no story about the birth of Jesus. It's very secular. So we, we decided and this was through the Holy Spirit really led me to how do you put an event together that is truly inspirational, that brings out the true meaning of Christmas which is in Christ our King. So we've been doing this for three years, but this year, normally we do it for three days, but this year we're just doing it for one day, December 16th only. And um, next year we're gonna do it probably for much longer, probably a week. But that's the inspiration and we wanna keep doing it. It's a great event, but this year it's mainly focused on couples. So, and if you're interested in coming, it's a wonderful event. Um, bring your spouse, come and have a great time, listen to Dick and Herod, he's a wonderful speaker. We're bringing in a bishop from from Cameroon, my home country, because uh, we want to help him, we want to, whatever um, money we raise there at this event, we want to help him build an orphanage in, in Cameroon. So it, it's a great, it's a great event. And Dave, you've, you've been there for the last three years, you've seen it, you've emceed the event and it's it's wonderful yeah you know actually last year i was when my family and i went to new mexico for vacation so i was not able to go to the father mike one but i I was there two years ago for dr scott hahn and it seems like you know every every year like you say it has the theme of really keeping christ in christmas but every year it's a little bit different isn't it Uh, you're doing it seems like you're maybe experimenting with different um obviously different uh, speakers and different ways of doing this is that intentional it is intentional. This year, the theme is how do you provide, a, you know, just a home for those that are in need, right? 
we we are really blessed here in the U.S. to have to have many things, right? And the, the, the really true meaning. Remember, Christ didn't have a, you know, he didn't have a home. We didn't have a home for our King, right? So how do you how do you support those that are in need, right? So while the event is going to be fun, we also want to remember those those families and children that are in need and. While having fun, we, we can also support them, think about them, pray pray for them, and just bring that joy of Christmas. You know, uh, Masanga, I, I always you know say that you are one of the most enterprising and creative people that I know. And, and I, I want to see if we could tie it together because you, um, I, I believe it, it might be your wife, Sylvia, that's running Catholic Marketing Network. Uh, but you're clearly involved in that and you have Catholic brain and you've done tablets. So how does this event fit into, you know, all the different ventures and projects that you have and which one's officially sponsoring it? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And it's been a journey. Dave, I've been doing this work, not by choice, but I, I believe truly believe the Lord called me to this, this, this task, this work to really evangelize the faith and in kids and families. You know, prior to doing this work, I had a secular business. The business was doing well. And then I started teaching faith formation. And I saw that a lot of my students were not engaged in the faith. They didn't like the books. And there was just, just there was not a lot of stuff to use in the classroom. So long story short, I, I you know, led by the Holy Spirit, decided to, Start a company, a Catholic company, with the mission to create modern tools and resources for for catechesis, which which the event is part of it, right? How do you evangelize modern Catholic families? Right, we have to give them new tools. So our CatholicBrand.com is a platform that is used by over a hundred and five thousand children, families, catechists all over the country, and they use it for fit formation, we have uh, videos there, we have quizzes, we have engaging resources. And then we, we started thinking, how can we also support, um, you know, families that are in need? How can we explain to our children and families what the true meaning of Christmas is all about? So they, they get a lot of confusion. So we're doing all these events, which is part of the mission, to really evangelize the faith, to, to explain the truth to this, these children today, so that they can know that, you know, every, you know, everything really comes from 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 Christ, and not what the secular media is actually pushing right now. And then, you know, the CMN which my wife runs is really does the events, manages the events, and and all of that. Yeah, and uh, of course, remember uh, Alan Napleton, who started CMN, and I know you you have uh, your good friends with him, and uh, have so many connections. It um, it amazes me. Uh, like Deacon Harrowbrook Sivers, for example, how did that come about? Uh, is he a friend of yours, or how did you choose him to be the keynote? Yeah, when you do this line of work, you partner with other companies. We do a lot of work with EWTN and other Catholic companies. And Dick and Herod has been coming to our events, the Catholic Marketing Network events, uh, the trade show, which is normally in the summer. So he's been, uh, uh, we've brought him there to, to give talks. He's been a sponsor. So we've had this relationship with him for a number of years. And, and then when we, we approached him, 
this year. Deacon Herod, you won't mind being our keynote speaker. Obviously, he looked at his schedule and said, yes, of course, Musungo, I want to support you. And so we, we do this work together. There's you know, lots of Catholics out there, like myself, late Catholics, that are really trying to do something, and we, we, we try to support each other, and we try to work together as much as we can. So we have all this strategic partnership. I mean, Christophanic and I, we've become friends, right? We, and we've brought him here for about two years now. I think probably next year we're going to bring him again. So, so it's amazing. We're going to keep doing this. We're going to keep doing this event so that, you know, Catholic kids and families can come and really, you know, learn and enjoy their faith and really get to experience the true joy and meaning of Christmas. And you mentioned Bishop Michael Beebe being from Cameroon and, you know, uh, building the orphanage. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit more about him? Was was he your pastor when you lived out there many years ago? Or how did you uh, connect with him for this event? No, not at all. So I started doing some work for Cameroon in terms of supporting the poor orphanages and Catholic schools in Cameroon by giving them our resources. And so I... I reached out to the bishop, who is the bishop at the local diocese there in Cameroon, where from the region that I'm from, and he was able to, he liked what I, what I, what I was doing and what I'm trying to bring to Cameroon. And then I brought this conversation about, because we do a lot of work with orphanages. We support them, provide them with spiritual and physical needs. And I said, well, bishop, you know, I want to give back to my home country. I want to do more. I, I have this dream to really build an orphanage you know for for, you know when i go to cameroon i see this love kids that are homeless how can we build a catholic christian orphanage and then you know this is divine providence again the bishop said well we're i'm trying to build one we have a land and we have a plan but we just need to raise the funds to build the orphanage so the bishop and I came together and we decided to work together to to build this Catholic orphanage. And, you know, right now in Cameroon, there's a civil war that has been going on for about five, seven years now. And so that what that has done, it's, it has brought in more, it's made more children to become orphans because they've lost their parents. Mm. So there's a lot of homeless kids and orphans. So... And there's no Catholic diocese in uh, where the bishop's bishop is, so we want to build a diocese there. Sorry, a, um, an orphanage there to to bring this to make a home for these children, right? Yes, which is Catholic, and they can have hope, they can have the education that they need, and we we just want to help and support them. So I'm working with the bishop, Bishop Bibi, to to build this orphanage. Might take three years or more, but we have to start now. Mm, very nice. And then this right. is, uh, again, the, the, one of the, the purposes of the Gift of Christmas Gala is to raise funds for this orphanage, and everybody that goes will have an opportunity to do that. Uh, finally, as far as speakers, uh, Father Desmond Nadikum, a priest at St. Michael the Archangel Parish in McKinney. Uh, well, what is his connection? What, what will his role be at the event? His role will be, he's not giving a speech per se, but he's going to introduce the bishop. He's going to lead us in prayer, and he's going to explain a little bit about the project that we're doing. We've done some projects in Cameroon. Last year he went to Cameroon, sorry, this year in April he went to Cameroon where he provided some um, Catholic resources to a few orphanages. 
So he's going to talk a little bit about that project. And he's also from Cameroon, so he's going to do a little bit of uh, talking there, maybe for about five, ten minutes, but not, not a whole lot. Oh, very nice. Now let's talk about the music because uh, you've got Dave and Lauren Moore, who I think many of our listeners are familiar with. They're just phenomenal and they get around oh, yeah. uh, more so than I think any, any, any people I know. And also Johnson D'Souza, I mentioned in the introduction, who uh, is just an amazingly talented and gifted um, composer and, and musician. And I think there might even be another uh, group that's listed on the website that I'm not familiar with. But tell us about the music and how that will be incorporated into this event. Well, we have mass at 5.30, so Dave and Lauren Moore will play the music at mass, which is going to be beautiful, right? If you watch the this, the, the streaming mass on TV, you, you definitely would really love the, the music. So that's the role that Dave and Lauren Moore will play mostly at mass, not at the dinner. The dinner will bring, we have Jocelyn there, they're going to play, they're going to have an hour, 30 minutes to play uh, music, which is going to be lovely. And fantastic. So while people are eating, they'll listen to the music, and then after that, we'll have more, more of the more, more music from them. Now the other musicians, we don't have them available anymore. So it's going to be Dave Moore at mass and Jocelyn music during the dinner. The dinner is going to start at 7 p.m. and it's going to run all the way to 11, 11:30. Okay. And um, you mentioned this this event is designed for couples. Does that mean it's probably not the thing you bring your kids to, or you only looking for couples? Or explain that a little bit if you could. Uh, yeah, I think for an event for couples, but kids, not very little ones, but I, I think maybe teenagers, so probably ten years above. We don't want the little ones that are. We love them to be there, but we don't want them crying, and that's going to cause a lot of distraction. Um, so that's that's the only reason. But I, I would say people can bring in your kids. For, I think I would say ten and above. Okay, and uh, don't want the adults crying either, right? <laughs> Everybody, keep yourselves hold hold it together. Now, is there going to be dancing and a live auction? Is that going to be part of it also? There's going to be a live auction, not a band, but just a live auction with Louis Murat. You know, Louis. Oh Price, yeah, of course, yeah. Auctioneer. Yeah, he's so the best. That's that's going to be great. We're going to have some great items there for you know vacation packages, some to Rome and great places. So. So we're going to, Luis is going to do that for about 20, 20, 25 minutes. Okay, awesome. So it starts with mass and then it goes into dinner and uh, obviously a keynote uh, address by Deacon Harrowbrook Sivers. Does he have a topic that he's going to talk about? Are you leaving it up to him to pick or or what will his message be? He's going to talk about the, the, really the true meaning of Christmas and what, you know, why Christ came to us, why God came to us, and what are the expectations that God has for us, and how we should live our faith, you know, this Christmas. And so he's going to really bring that true meaning of Christmas and explain it to us, to the couples there. And in light of all that is happening in the world, right, and the family is under attack, right, We, we ha- he's going to really bring that, put that together for us for the couples that will be there and hopefully people can take that message home and hopefully bring, make changes in their lives 
Very good. My guest is Masango Osong. He is the president and founder of many things, including CatholicBrain.com. And his wife, as he mentioned previously, uh, runs the Catholic Marketing Network, Sylvia Osong. And the event is next Saturday, Gift of Christmas Gala. Uh, with keynote speaker Deacon Harrowbrook Sivers, who uh, I talked to somebody yesterday, and they said uh, they, they said he Deacon Harold is the voice of the Catholic Church in America, and I and I think that's not too far from the truth. I mean, he uh, just has such a, a beautiful way of presenting, and he's just an amazing person. Uh, Bishop Michael Beebe is going to be a speaker also. The music of David Lauren Moore and Jason D'Souza. Father De- Desmond uh, Nedigam uh, from St. Michael the Archangel Parish and McKinney is going to be there. I'm going to be the MC, And this is uh, a really a great event. If you go to giftofchristmasgala.com, you can get your tickets. Giftofchristmasgala.com. How much are the tickets, Masango? And I guess it's you pay and you get dinner and all the entertainment, everything everything involved. But how much are tickets? The t- that's a good question. The tickets are, uh, okay, I should know, $145 <laughs> per person and 275 for a couple. Okay. All right. Well, gosh. Right. And uh, sure. you have allowed us to, to give some away uh, you know, last week on the air. And so $145 per person or 275 um, for a couple. And uh, again, next Saturday, it's going to be at the Renaissance Dallas Addison Hotel. I still think of it as the Hotel Intercontinental. That's what it used to be called. Uh, Renaissance Dallas Addison Hotel. Beautiful, beautiful uh, hotel there right off of uh, the, the, the North Dallas Tollway. And I, I got to ask, um, Masango, you mentioned next year you're thinking about having this event for a week. <laughs> I, I'm very intrigued by that. You also kind of hinted that maybe Christophanic would be involved. But uh, is there anything that you want to highlight about next year or is that still totally in the works? That's totally in the works. Is going to be, we're thinking mostly, I mean, wherever the Holy Spirit leads me. But I think what the Lord wants us to do is to bring a Christmas experience that is outdoor where people can come. Because when you go out there, you see, what do you see? Just likes, right? People try to, what the secular culture is trying to do is to make Christmas about Santa Claus and Rudolph, right? So, but what the Lord is, wants us to do is to, to create a Christmas experience that is, you know, Christocentric, right? That is, that has Christ in there. So we're thinking it's an outdoor, there's an outdoor experience where there's, you know, Christian Christmas music in quotes, plus, when you come in there, you journey through the, the entire nativity scene with, you know, and by the time you, you, you go in and out, you will truly be inspired by the story of the birth of Christ. Hmm. So we're thinking a week or maybe more, and obviously any tickets we sell, any money we make out of these experiences, we want to give back to the poor. So that's what we do, and that's what we're going to keep doing. And hopefully uh, your audience and people can come and support us. Yeah, very nice. Gift of Christmas, gala.com is the website. And uh, my guest again, Masango Osong. Masango, in the time that we have remaining, I wonder if we might be able to talk a little bit about Catholic Brain. You said 105,000 uh, children and students are, are currently benefiting from this. 
Do you want to tell our listeners a little bit more about the purpose and mission of Catholic Brain and maybe how they could subscribe or, or take advantage of these resources? Yes, absolutely. So CatholicBrain.com, we say 105,000 students, teachers, parents. That's probably about close to 300 schools and parishes that use Catholic Brain as part of their faith formation program. Some parishes, we use it as a curriculum, right? We have the, the full curriculum that has been approved by USCCB, right? And there's over a thousand videos on the platform. We have eBooks, we have quizzes, we have, you know, daily activities, sense there is a whole library of Catholic content. So we have these parishes that subscribe to Catholic Brain and schools to use it as part of their faith formation and religious education program. Now, we also have about close to 500 families, mostly homeschool families, that use it as part of their curriculum, or they just use it as a supplement. But we're encouraging more and more families to use it, for their children to use it in their daily lives, because we want to, the mission is really to help kids to develop a daily habit of prayer, of living their faith, not just learning, because if you think about faith formation today, what happens in parishes is, is the kids go there once a week. What do they take home, right? There's nothing to take home. I've witnessed many children that cannot even say that our Father prayer, the Hail Mary prayer, but they go to faith formation. They don't say these prayers at home. So at, with CatholicBrain.com, there is clear emphasis on daily prayer, daily practicing of the faith, so we have all those tools. The, work, the, the whole infrastructure of the platform is emphasis on you know, daily prayer, as well as obviously all the resources that we have, you know, catechism lessons, Bible stories to help the kids to, to learn and understand their faith, but also living it every day, which is very, very important. So, you know, we have, you know, we've had the platform for about five years now, yeah, very nice. Um, Masango, I just have a couple minutes remaining in the, the program. Uh, you're the kind of guy that probably wakes up several times in the middle of the night with new ideas of things that you're going to experiment with. Uh, do you have uh, any additional plans for 2024 that you can reveal? Anything else in the, in the works uh, with Catholic Brain or CMN that you'd like to tell our listeners about? Okay, I think we might have lost Masango. Uh, that's okay. We're going to, I think we got all the information in and, uh, we lost him. <laughs> uh, but, uh, the, the, I just want to remind you that we have been primarily talking about the gift of Christmas gala next Saturday, December 16th, five thirty to eleven thirty at the Renaissance Dallas Addison hotel, 5201 Dallas Parkway in Addison. Keynote speaker will be Deacon Harold Brooks Sivers. Also, we will hear from Bishop Michael Beebe from Cameroon. It's going to be a fundraiser for an orphanage in Cameroon. And uh, also the music of Dave and Lauren Moore during the Mass that begins at 5.30. And also Jocelyn D'Souza. And if you haven't heard Jocelyn, he is an extremely talented and gifted composer and musician. I think you're going to really enjoy his music. Father Desmond Nadikum from uh, St. Michael the Archangel Parish in McKinney is going to be there. And I'm going to be the MC. And so I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing you guys out there. Uh, please go to giftofchristmasgala.com, giftofchristmasgala.com and get your tickets. And if you want to learn more about 
Catholic Brain. Uh, their website is catholicbrain.com. Uh, as I mentioned a couple of times, Masango is just an incredibly enterprising guy, and he's always coming up with new things. This idea next year of a, a week-long event. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth, and North Texas. Catholic Radio for your soul on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone. 